today on the Tearsheet Podcast. So lots of our clients might might come to us um, and say kind of what we um, you know what we need is a it's a QuickBooks integration, for example. Um, but really it's about looking at the business problem uh, and the problem for SMBs that sits behind that. It's not just a QuickBooks integration, it's a question of how do I seamlessly automate accounts payable to and from QuickBooks? Um, and so one of the things that, that we've um, been doing in addition to building um, those kind of uh, one-to-many type standardized integration products I described is to build dedicated products that have the best-in-class functionality for solving that particular business problem. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. If we were only talking about the benefits of open finance a couple of years ago, we're already seeing open finance take root today. Firms like Plaid and Kodat are showing the power of integrating financial data across firms and into apps. New use cases are popping up all the time. Today's guest is Peter Lord, CEO of Kodat. Kodat zeroes in on small business financial data. Now that's a very different problem to solve than say aggregating consumer data. Pete joins me on the podcast to talk about the challenges of wrangling SMB financial data. We also chat about how and where he decides to provide value-added services on top of the data he's sharing versus just providing the raw data. Pete shares his feedback on the evolution of use cases for SMB financial data he's seen over the past five years of running Kodat. Peter Lord is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Hi, Zach. I'm Pete Lord. I'm the CEO of Kodat. Kodat is a universal API for business data. So we provide the integration layer for companies building the best-in-class products for small and medium-sized businesses. Well, welcome to the podcast. I know in, in sort of our preparatory talk, uh, you talked about Kodat being used in the same vein as, as, a, as a plaid, per se. Um, how, how, how would you take that comparison? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's one we get a lot, uh, and increasingly since they uh, joined uh, our cap table um, announcement we made uh, kind of post our, our recent Series C investment. Um, there, are, there are lots of similarities, but also uh, there, there are lots of differences. Um, so I, I think, firstly, when it comes to, to open banking, um, you know, open banking has kick-started the push into open finance and, and open data, but it's, it's almost exclusively focused on consumers and, and consumer use cases. Uh, and this has you know, been excellent for you know, us as individuals. Uh, we see the benefits of this innovation, but SMBs need a, a solution uh, and a framework that, that works for them. And so kind of, I think you know, thinking um, beyond uh, open banking, um, you know, for, for us, it, it's much more, uh, about open data and open accounting because SMBs are, are fundamentally different to consumers. And I think, you know, if you just take uh, categorization of, of bank transactions uh, as an example, you know, um, my, my Monzo account can help me understand my groceries versus, you know, my holiday spend. But for an SMB, when you're categorizing their transactions, you need to be looking at kind of their, their profit and loss. Um, so that's kind of a you know, fundamentally uh, you know, a, a big difference um, to someone like like like, uh, like Plaid is that this is our focus on uh, SMB. And then I think when it comes to the kind of the challenge that, that we're solving, um, you know, someone like uh, like 
Plaid has thousands of connections to, to bank accounts. Um, you know, Kodak has uh, dozens of connections to the software system used by SMBs. So you know, an order of magnitude less, but the complexity of uh, small business data is just uh, so much greater. So we, you know, um, our integrations, we standardize to a data model with uh, hundreds of fields, you know, right from a small business's uh, top line, profit and loss and, and balance sheet, kind of right through all the customers, uh, suppliers, invoices, payments, right down to the line items uh, on those invoices and, and journal entries. And so uh, the complexity of the, of the problem that we're solving for is, is just so much greater. So I get that. And that's not lost on me. And we, we speak to a lot of um, software providers that that serve into the SMB space as well as payment providers. So that's that's not surprising to me. It sounds like it is, yeah, orders of magnitude more complex than focusing on consumer. Um, so that's a product itself. What about adoption um, between your, you know, suppliers and consumers of the data that you are that you are sharing? Are there are there other challenges there that would be different than say at a plaid? Yes, sure. So um if you think about kind of where we are today, SMB data is, is siloed across uh, a bunch of different uh, systems. And this lack of connectivity, this is what leaves the, um, the SMB owners without access to the software products and the financial services that, that they deserve. Um, and so for our clients, I kind of already touched on uh, some of the elements that make building um, quality and scalable products uh, for SMBs quickly difficult. Um, yes, it's the, uh, the the kind of the breadth of the data and the number of uh, different integrations, all these technical challenges. But um, there's also uh, an adoption challenge as well. So, for some sectors, integrations have very quickly become table stakes. Uh, and companies compete on not just the breadth, but also the quality of their integrations. Mm. So you can see this, for example, with um, you know, some of the modern corporate card solutions uh, where, you know, you know, even you know, in my personal Instagram feed, I'm being pushed ads for how companies like Plio have got the best in class uh, connections so to accounting <laughs> software systems like Xero. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and, that's, and that's awesome. Um, the the value is is clear, and you know, the it, it's a competitive edge to have high quality connectivity. Mm. Um, but in other integration, no, in other sectors, the you know, integration adoption is is much slower. So, you know, I started out my my, my um, kind of focused on the lending space because that was um, kind of the lens that I, I saw the, uh, the the need for Kodak through. But even there, where um, there's tremendous value both for the lenders and the SMB borrowers. So, so for clarity, uh, the value for, um, for a lender is being able to you know, understand uh, in, um, really confidently in real time who you're lending money to. And the SMB borrower uh, is able to share data extremely efficiently, very quickly, uh, and get you know, an instant decision. Despite that, um, you know, we estimate that still less than 1% of loans are being underwritten using um, consented real-time data through integrations in that way. Um, and so you know, there's, there's just a long way to go in order to get the adoption that the SMBs need. 
Um, but there are there are some things that CODAS is uh, is doing to accelerate that. So, um, for example, we've uh, a product um, named Assess that acts as a layer of intelligence on top of kind of the raw data that, that comes from from integrations from our integrations, and that's important because the value of of the data uh, is actually also often its own worst enemy. There's simply so much of it, uh, right. as I described in you know uh, at the beginning. Um, that for some lenders, it can be overwhelming. So our assess product includes metrics, categorization, cross-referencing, things like machine learning to surface and highlight the insights in the data. Um, and that means lenders can you know, adopt this type of technology faster. And you know, again, bringing it back to SMBs, it's ultimately them who's going to benefit from that. So... I know my conversations in the early days of, you know, let's say US focused data aggregators, 1.0 aggregators, like that nuance or that tension between providing raw data and then, you know, or, 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 you know, moving upstream by, you know, cleaning it or creating some, some assessment tool like you're talking about, like, where do you decide, or how do you think about that, you know, in product development going forward, where, where, where to add in and where to sort of just let the data flow? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, and I should kind of state that we are just over five years old and we, we spent the first you know, three or four years of, of our life building um, purely the, uh, the infrastructure layer for integrations. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, our, our core products, uh, our accounting API, our commerce API and our banking API provides the raw data in a standard form. So the pitch there is, you know, why build and maintain um, many integrations when you can um, you know, come to Kodak build once and, and have the same, uh, you know, the same coverage. So yeah, we, we wanted to make sure that you know, we get that right first and resisted for as long as possible um, you know, client requests to help them uh, you know, get more value out of the data to build on top of it. Um, but at the end of the day, the, you know, those requests um, you know, reached a, a kind of a critical mass where, you know, in order to, as I described, kind of help accelerate the adoption of the industry as a whole, you know, we we had to uh, pay attention to um, what our clients were were asking for, um, and you know, having seen uh, the you know the sort of volume of data that we have over the uh, over the years, we're, we're in a really good position to be able to. Uh, to be able to provide that um, and have built up the, the trust and the, and the confidence in our clients. Um, so we're well-placed to deliver it. And I, I, I totally understand the, the complexity in the data set. Are, were, there, were there other hurdles? Um, you mentioned like some of the attributes that you include in your data set, but were there other hurdles serving SMBs? You mentioned like, I guess, I'm just trying to think of it in, 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 in relation or in contrast to consumer-focused uh, data aggregators. Were, were there other complexities at the product level um, that you also had to overcome? Yes, so I think um, one, of the, one of the biggest differences about consumers and, and SMBs is that you know, SMBs are all so different. Um, so we support clients from smaller startups you know, in the early weeks of their company formation, you know, right through to some of the largest organizations in the world. 
Mm -hmm. I guess different industries, of course. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And um, young companies um, who are are going on that journey typically start by selling into a specific um, geography. So SMBs in a particular location uh, of a particular size in a particular vertical. And then they sell, you know, uh, know, a particular product proposition to solve their needs. And... um, as you expand any of these dimensions, it introduces more complexity for their integration needs. Um, so you either need to add new integrations to cover the software that those type of, of SMBs use, um, or you need to add more functionality to an existing integration uh, to cater uh, for, for those SMBs needs. So to bring that to life a little bit, um, some of our clients start with the micro end of SMB and then they go up markets, you know, right up to maybe kind of a, a mid market size uh, client. Um, some of them start out in the US and then expand internationally. We have clients who uh, initially built a point of sale system that are then expanding you know, into lending or from expenses into bill pay. Uh, and all of these evolutions. Um, and reaching different types of of SMBs, expanding their target market, uh, it makes it harder to uh, manage a roadmap. Um, It makes it harder to be a product manager for integrations because the maintenance burden is increasing. It requires more specialist experience and and it's more work at the end of the day. Um, So lots of our clients might might come to us um, and say what we... Um, you know, what we need is a, it's a QuickBooks integration, for example. Um, but really, it's about looking at the kind of business problem uh, and the problem for SMBs that sits behind that. It's not just a QuickBooks integration. It's a question of how do I seamlessly automate accounts payable to and from QuickBooks? Mm. Um, and so one of the things that, that we've um, been doing, in addition to building um, those kind of uh, one-to-many type standardized integration products I described, is to build dedicated products that have the best-in-class functionality for solving that particular business problem. And um, so, our sync for expenses is you know, uh, solves the problem of synchronizing um, you know, corporate card data to accounting platforms, as an example. Got it. And I'm curious. So, so you Kodat's been around for five years. You said, what what has the evolution been in turn on the use case side? Um, has there been an evolution and if so what like how, how are your how how is the intake of this data evolving from from your perspective yeah um definitely you know, and, I, and i know that you said it's early days so like I, I get that but i'm just curious to see if you are seeing sort of a, a an evolutionary sort of change yeah so when i when i think back to when kodak first started out um fintech was you know uh, quote unquote unbundling um, I don't if you remember those screenshots that used to go around of, of bank yeah. websites with arrows yeah. out from the homepage, uh, you know, to the specific fintechs that were um, providing you know, that service and that service alone. Um, and, you know, we, we, you know, we've made our business around enabling um, both banks, but also you know, the fintechs around um, you know, they, those sorts of diagrams to uh, provide integrations, uh, best-in-class integrations at, you know, at scale. Um, and I think now what we're starting to see uh, more and more is those 
fintechs around the periphery uh, looking to offer more and more value for their SMBs outside of their original product. Um, and, you know, in effect, it's, it's, it's rebundling is, is what, what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of uh, companies are adding lending into their, their offering, um, you know, Shopify Capital, Square Capital, you know, it goes on and on. Uh, we see um, Bill Pay has um, functionality being added to um, you know, lots of companies. You know, Ramp announced this very recently. B two B payments um, added to kind of other uh, technology services. So uh, the reason this is exciting for me, and I think is an important kind of change for Kodat, is because this is only possible because of key infrastructure components. Uh, like us, uh, that make it easier uh, and faster to launch these types of products. So, so in that sense, you are the enabler of, of the of the launch of some of these new products. Um, is there a tension also between enabling them and 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 thinking about your own product roadmap? Maybe we want to get step closer into that market. Is there a tension there at all? Um, I guess. I, I guess. Yes and no, and but you know, really, n- not so much. Um, for us, if you think about kind of what's most important to Kodat, um, we want to be an infrastructure provider, um, and we see our value as you know almost closer to a network. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we we like to lean heavily on. Uh, partners who build on top of our API to, uh, I guess, kind of close that gap in terms of the, the functionality that's being created. If we can just provide the infrastructure layer, um, you know, that that makes us very happy. Right, I get that. But I mean, like, I think Plaid probably said the same thing in the early days, and you know, they moved into ACH because they had all the point infrastructure. I, I'm just curious, maybe you know it's not something we can talk about now, but I, I, I can feel the pull maybe not necessarily obviously to compete directly with your customers, but to, to, to somehow like move up the value chain above the network. Yeah. And if, if it's going to help the uh, accelerate the adoption of the network, then, then yes, uh, is, is the short answer. Um, but it's all, you know, it's always a, a case of uh, focus. You know? Yeah. That's, that's the hard part. That's what, um, it makes you know, Kodak challenging. We say internally, you know, it's not like we've got a shortage of, of good ideas. Right. All, all the ideas are, are excellent. We'll provide a lot of value to clients and really move the needle. It's about where, you know, where are we going to place our chips uh, and you know, what do we want to do really, really well. That's, that's really interesting. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Like, you know, I've heard it say that you know, a CEO saying no to something is important to saying yes. Like, so, so how do you make those decisions internally about where to place the chips and, 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 and where to, where to, where to plunge in and where not? Yeah. So I think what one example is as an infrastructure provider, the amount of innovation that we see across our clients, you know, is, is really interesting. Um, And the team uh, take pride in finding new ways that, that Kodak can be used. Um, it's, it's something that I find fun and motivates me as well. 
because we're, we're continually surprised by how Kodak um, is being used by our clients. So, uh, you know, as an example, you know, we've got um, a number of carbon accounting uh, mm-hmm. clients now. There's, we support um, vertical SaaS platforms that serve breweries, vets, nurseries, hairdressers. We've even got one for, for graveyards on the books. Wow. So uh, there's, there's all these kind of uh, new ways that Kodak can be used. And as much fun as it is, really, the um, our, our time and focus should be, it's probably from a business perspective, best spent on use cases that we've already proven out right. and just you know repeating that with, um, with more customers. So that trade-off of uh, doubling down on things we know work really well and then continuing to push the boundaries of, of how our product can be used and opening up new TAM, that's that's one of the kind of um, consistent trade-offs that we have to make. So as we're getting to the, you know, the back end of our, our conversation today, one of the things I'm curious about is what you're hearing from customers and partners now, um, given the macroeconomic, uh, you know, sort of milieu that we're in, how's there, there's fear in the market, you know, the, obviously valuations have contracted, fundraising's harder, but like, I'm kind of curious what you're hearing directly from, from your constituents. Yeah, so um, all of our clients have got one thing in common, they've all got SMB customers. Um, and so the consistent conversation is kind of what's the impact uh, on SMBs and how can you know, our clients and, and Kodak help? So if you think about what, what SMBs need um, in this type of environment, they need access to the right amount of financing um, at, at rates that are fair and you know, they're time sensitive. They, they, they need it when they need it. And so our question at Kodat is, you know, how do we best enable uh, our clients in the lending space in particular to, to deliver this? Um, and there's a number of ways that we can help. Um, we can give them real-time insets, insights sorry, on their existing customers you know they're, they're on their portfolio today how is the cash flow changing um, and how can they proactively support you know, the customers already with additional financing and you know one thing that our customers are seeing uh, is that the, the cash buffer of their uh, of their customers is decreasing um we it was it went higher than you know, it was pre-covid with kind of the government uh, intervention that we saw uh, around the world and it's been steadily uh, dropping. Um, so the situation is going to get worse. And then if, if our clients are expanding you know, their, their book and taking on um, new business, then we can help them have an up-to-date um, you know, view of that SMB. And that's in real time. And that's really important in this type of environment where things can change uh, really quickly. Um, and then we can also help them have the confidence that you know, the business that they're talking to is, is who they claim to be, that it's, it's legitimate. Um, something that we saw um, in you know, the midst of COVID where we helped with a number of the government uh, schemes and um, you know, some, some large banks uh, respond to that and help them uh, to determine eligibility for those types of loans uh, is that there are some, um, there's a lot of metadata in the systems that um, we're connecting to that is really helpful to fight fraud. Uh, so a really simple one uh, to kind of bring this to life is kind of when was the uh, software package that has been connected uh, signed up for uh, and, and what 
you know, one of the banks that we worked with uh, noticed is that uh, lots of the companies who were connecting their uh, accounting software had only uh, purchased it in the in the last few days, um, and they had been back populating data. Mm. Um, and as you know, those sorts of um, uh, schemes were were rife with fraud. And you know, the, it's is this kind of next level, uh, next layer down of data that can be uh, used to to fight that in a, in a really automated way. That's awesome. I can imagine that's a, a big red flag. Pete, um, great talking to you. I feel like we could talk for a long time more, but we're out of time. I really appreciate you. And, and, and thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Thank you very much for having me.